I just kept hearing this over and over. I'm like, okay, there's like a real thing here. And I, I always joke because I said, you know, I went chef Jeff in the kitchen and like made this up, which I can't cook or make anything really, but basically was a deviation of a four ingredient kind of oatmeal that I was making. I tried to make it a cookie. That was an absolute failure. And then basically I put it in this big pan. So it was kind of looked like a, a fudge. Um, and I just would give it to people and um, started getting good response and worked on it for about two years on the side. And then, you know, quit my job, took a leap of faith and, you know, been taping, taking a leap of faith every day ever since then. But it's been a super crazy and fun and winding journey, but it's been really super life-giving and we're just trying to give life back to people and make a big difference as we can. Are you ready to decide it's your turn to live your most purposeful, profitable, passionate life? I'm Christina LeCure, former professional golfer turned confidence and success coach. I truly believe every one of us was put here for a God-given purpose, and it is our responsibility to live that fully. For well over a decade now, I've been turning my life as well as countless others around from feeling unworthy, incompetent, and without a purpose to living a life I cannot wait to wake up for even on days when shit hits the fan. And it all started with a decision. Yeah, you heard that right. I said God and shit in the same sentence. So clearly this won't be your typical podcast, but what I can assure you is that each week myself and my guests are going to enlighten you, fire you up, and having you walk away with stories and strategies to not only boost your confidence, but give you hope that at any moment in time, you have the power to decide it's your turn. Hey, y'all, welcome back to the Decide It's Your Turn podcast today. I am so excited to have my friend Jeff Reagan on the show. He is the CEO and founder of Kai's Bars. If you have never had a Kai's Bar, I guarantee you after this show, you will be running to the store to go buy boxes of them. Not only because they're unbelievably delicious, by the way, cinnamon is my favorite, cinnamon and chocolate peanut butter, but because of what this company stands for, you are going to fall in love with Jeff. You are going to be falling in love with the mission, his passion, and his purpose to absolutely change lives through the Kai's Bar Company. You guys are going to absolutely love this show. I was so excited and honored to record it. Enjoy today's episode. Hey, y'all. I am so excited today. I have a good friend of mine. We met, gosh, how many years ago did we meet? It was forever and ever ago. Close to probably five. I don't know, four or five, maybe. My My memory's not strong. Jeff, he is the founder of Kai's Bars. They are life-changing bars. And this man, he is just a man that I have respected for a really long time. Definitely due to the fact that of who you are, what you stand for, and how you're basically using your life to not only serve the Lord, but to make a big impact in this world. And I'm super grateful. And how this came about today is another uh, employee of Kai's, PJ, messaged me and said, Hey, we should have Jeff on the podcast. And I said, absolutely. 110%. Worst case scenario, people walk away 
from this podcast knowing obviously the mission of Kai's, but they also need to know that these bars are the most delicious bars on the planet. I don't even want to call them a protein bar. They are the life-changing, delicious bar. I'm obsessed with the cinnamon. Most everyone else I know is obsessed with the chocolate peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> chocolate peanut butter are a fan favorite, but you guys actually came, uh, PJ came down to Austin uh, a few years ago for my Decided to Turn women's event. And he made such an impact. He was the only guy in the room and the women were loving it. He loved it. And we've just stayed in touch ever since. And I am so, every time I see your bars now, like in Target and Whole Foods and all over the place, I'm just so excited. I'm like, oh my gosh, I know those guys are crushing it. And I'm so excited that you're here today. Well, man, what what an intro. I'm not even <laughs> going to say anything to that. You should be our hype girl all the time, but no, thanks for having us. And we've been super blessed and fortunate. It's been a fun journey and excited to hang out with you today. I, I love the decide it's your turn because, I mean, you really can change a life of yours or others with just one decision and, uh, you know, choices compound. So I'm proud of you to keep making those. And it's super cool to connect here today and hang out. Thank you. I really appreciate it. So let's go back to the beginning and tell people if they do not know what Kai's bars are, well, then you are just totally missing out. I'm telling you, you can find them everywhere. Find them online, follow them on social media, K-I-Z-E or K-I-Z-E for my Canadian followers. But Jeff, tell us a little bit about yourself, about the brand and how this came about. Yeah, great question. Um, I'll kind of take it back to I was in college and it was kind of one of those like, what am I going to do with my life? Uh, which, you know, if anyone's ever gone through those thoughts or I'm the only one, I, I don't know. But <laughs> I think um, every human on the planet. Yeah, <laughs> totally relatable out of the gate. But, um, you know, I had a lot of that. And I think as I was uh, younger, you know, probably like you, it's like you love sports or different things. And maybe those were kind of the first dreams or goals. But I think as a, my uh, athletic career didn't pan out to I wanted, but went to college. Um, was a senior and I was an entrepreneurship major at the University of Oklahoma. And why I say that is because we did lots of case studies, studying businesses that have local people come in. And my my one takeaway was like, you know, you want to be successful like these people. But I had to ask myself, like, what does success actually mean? And um, I really arrived at like doing something passionate, doing something purposeful and, and helping people. And so I did a lot of um, reflection and prayer and kind of self inner work discovery and really arrived at after probably six months of writing the same thing on a yellow notepad, I looked at like, I say the same three things all the time. I love helping people. I don't think anything's better than that. I loved health and fitness. And that's why people wanted my help. Hey, Jeff, can you write me a diet? Can you write me a workout? Can you motivate me? Can you encourage me? You know, and I like entrepreneurship. You know, I tell people I can't sing, I can't dance, I can't draw, but I feel like we're all, you know, made in the image and likeness of the creator to go out to create things to help tell people live better. And so I, I put all those things together. I started doing some boot camps and kind of life coaching, health coaching on the side. And um, yeah, I just kept getting like, oh, I want to be healthier, but health eating sucks and I don't have time. And I just kept hearing this over and over. I'm like, okay, there's like a real thing here. And I, I always joke because I said, you know, I went chef Jeff in the kitchen and like made this up, which I can't cook or make anything really, but basically was a deviation of a four ingredient kind of oatmeal that I was making. I tried to make it a cookie. That was an absolute failure. And then basically I put it in this big pan. So it was kind of looked like a, a fudge. Um, and I just would give it to people and um, started getting good response and worked on it for about two years on the side. And then, you know, 
quit my job, took a leap of faith and, you know, been taping, taking a leap of faith every day ever since then. But it's been a super crazy and fun and winding journey, but it's been really super life-giving and we're just trying to give life back to people and make a big difference as we can. Oh my gosh. There's so much to dive into there, but I love the fact of how it actually started. Cause you know, this podcast is to help people decide it's their turn. And I don't care if you're a college student or if you're like 60 years old, there's so many people that are, they are, they know like this was in you. And I truly do believe that. And as a man of faith, which I totally love having people of faith on the podcast. Most people are because most people who jam with me are um, a believer for sure. But um, I do think that like something that you did that was so, so helpful and is going to be a big takeaway for people listening to this podcast is like you kept coming back to the same things. You're like, gosh, I know I love to serve others. I know I love to serve the Lord. I know that I'm good at it. I know that people are coming to me all the time, asking me the exact same questions over and over and over. And then you took like you just kept following the path. And I think that that's what so many people get so lost in is when they're deciding it's their turn to like pursue something, whether it's entrepreneurship or something like that. So many people get lost because they can't see the end result. You just kept pursuing like what was on that yellow sticky pad over and over and over, which was like, I know I love helping people. I know people keep asking me this question. Like there's got to be something to this. And I think that's so powerful that you said that because you didn't know that this was going to turn into what it has turned into, which is like, you know, this nationally known bar that has changed like tens of thousands of lives, I'm sure. And we will dive into that. But like, I love the fact that you talked about like just literally following the path as it came up. That's brilliant. Yeah. I mean, um, it, it's so funny because I think we get in this time, we're like, we want to have everything figured out. And that's like, we've probably said that a trillion times, especially PJ and I joking in times that we're like, we'll figure it out. I'm like, well, you either figure it out or you don't. But I think sometimes there's this too uh, overemphasis on knowledge and it's like, it's not what you know, it's what you do. And I think we're not called to know, we're called to be faithful, you know, and I think faithfulness, you know, precedes fruitfulness. And so I think ultimately we want to feed people and impact people. And it starts with like, you'll get these little glimpses or things of a dream or goal or something that you'll feel over and over, or you write it and you got to recognize patterns. Like you can be spoken to through patterns. And so you've got to do the discovery work, but you got to see it. And then at that point, I'm going, your job is not to have it figured out to the end. Your job is to do what you can do today. Again, decisions and choices compound. It's like money. Like you put a dollar in compound interest over time, it's going to grow. Your choices are the same way. You just want to get aligned with something that feels purposeful, even if you can't figure out the path all the way down, because ultimately we only live in the day. And so for me, it was just getting to that point. I'm going, man, I see these same things. I feel these same things over and over. I just felt really moved to like, what do people want? What do people do? And at that time, like in my young twenties, there was all this like live for the weekend only mentality. And I was like, man, like that's like flunking life in my opinion. I'm like, if there's seven days and I only live for the weekend, like I'm not maximizing that. And I'm like, every day is a gift. Every moment is something to be treasured and made the most of. Because, I mean, again, like if COVID taught us anything, like everything can change, you know, like that. And so for me, it was just about maximizing and doing that. And I was very fortunate to, um, you know, discover that. And I, I think I like the reality too of going, but that took a long time and it took intention out of seeking. You know, we're called to seek. And so I want to 
seek and step into that. And ultimately, you know, super fortunate that, you know, just keep stepping, you know, and I would say I'm going in the same direction on the long road, you know, and just trying to be hyper-focused and keep it simple and, you know, one day, one choice, one decision at a time. So, Oh, I love that so much. You know, one of the things that I say constantly is decision, faith, and action, decision, faith, and action. Like that will change your life. You make a decision, you have unwavering faith that he's in control and he is going to guide the path. And that like, there's truly no wrong decision. It's like, okay, cool. I won't do that again. Or, oh my gosh, that was amazing. Let's keep going down this path until we continue to have to make like another decision. Before we go any further, have you always, I know that Everyone is always so curious. Not everyone who listens to my podcast or anyone who everyone who follows me is a person of faith. I definitely am the first person to tell you I didn't come to my faith until very late in life where I was kind of at like my like rock bottom moment where I was like, oh, wow. Okay, cool. I can't do this life thing on my own. Amazing. And now, you know, I always say that God and I are like super tight. He knows that I cuss. And he also knows that like he is 100% like the main person in my whole entire life. Have you always been a person of faith? Yeah, great question. Um, I would say I was I was raised in a home like that. Um, and I'm super fortunate to come from a loving family. It was funny. I, t- I took the uh, love language book. Someone gave it to me years ago and I was reading it. And I, I came to this moment in the book and I hadn't known like what mine was at the moment. And they really addressed it. They said, if you're at this moment in the book, and you don't know what your primary love language is, you're either one of two people. You've either had none of them or you've had all of them. And it was so overwhelming to me because I was like, I've had all of them. Um, and my parents divorced at a young age, but like I basically got four parents with a great stepmom and a great stepdad. And so again, God can work through anything. But I would say it was really probably in my young 20s. It's very similar um, around the Kai's journey, honestly, because... I kind of got to this point of like, you know, you're doing the party thing, or you're doing the young whatever thing. It just kept getting more and more unfulfilling for me. And I was like, there's just got to be something more to this. And so I'd always been a prayerful person, but I think really like diving deep into like the word and really trying to study that and understand that and something that I do to this day. And I feel like it's really helped just being like, dude, I am loved and I'm made for greatness. You know, and that's where one of my things in my emails, be great, love people. But I think it's like, there's such a lie out there culturally that it's like, Oh, people of faith. It's like for this boring, not fun life. I'm like, faith is fun. Like it's an adventure and it's a relationship, not a religion based thing. And so it's like, there's this really awesome thing. Like you said, uh, God, you know, said, God knows you cusses or your friends, but like, that's one of them. I'm like, dude, you're friend of the King. Like you get access, you know, it's like, if somebody wanted to be friends with, you know, the richest person in the world or whatever they value, you know, Jeff Bezos or somebody, it's like, oh man, like I know somebody that knows him, not knows of him, like knows him, knows him. And you're like, cool. Like introduce me, like invite me over, you know? And so I think just like trying to keep growing and living your life where it's like, ultimately I found the most loving people that have loved me regardless of who I was or what I do in my past or the thousands and millions of terrible choices that I made. I'm like, there's people with unconditional love and grace right there picking me up. And then as you get relationships with them and you know what makes them them, that was always kind of the game changer for me as I think I was maturing into my um, young adult life, because it's like, I think like when you're younger, it's like, okay, be this, do this, this is the next stage. And then I think when I got to that stage, it was like, there was no more script for me. 
you know, there wasn't the next thing. And I think that was really crucial for me because I had to, to seek and I had to discover, but I made that choice of going, I oh, mean, this path I'm going down right now, like I don't see that ending well, <laughs> you know, and you'd met enough people in your life. Unfortunately, they're like, you've seen them massively, you know, unfulfilled or problems with drugs or alcohol, or, you know, whatever, whatever it is. And it's just like, I kept tying back to like, especially as I would actually read the Bible, um, I'd be like, oh, wow, like this is all set in here. And like, this works out better. And I'm like, I feel better. And I was like, I would make poor choices. And I think it was like, probably I was 25 or 26. And that was like a really big launching point for me because I'd made some poor choices and I got the consequences of those choices. It was something I wanted yeah. uh, and I got what I wanted. And then I realized that's not what I wanted. And I, I, I was very... Uh, hurt and empty and and anyway so then it's like what's the rehab program it's like where's my bible find it it's like read it like go actually spend time with people that love and care me not just for whatever reasons and it's like oh wow my peace and my joy my pj is back my peace and my joy is here you know and i was like why do i just do this reactively you know why don't i do this every day because it'd be like cool did things on my own didn't work out well run to god give me the peace and joy again. I'm like, deuces God, I'll see you later when I need you, which is great because he's still there for you with wide open arms, right? Loving father, prodigal son and daughter. But it's like, what if I did these daily disciplines and habits? What would that happen like? You know, and so I think that's kind of been my journey. So over the last however long years, I've been trying to go in that same direction. So definitely a growth point, right? We're, we're, you're either, you know, for me, I'm always just trying to grow and get better mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, relationally, you know, whatever. So that's been the path I've been on. Oh my gosh. I love it so much. There were so many things that you said there. And I, the one thing I just want to harp on is the fact that it is truly a relationship. It is not a religion for me. It is just a relationship. Like God and I are super tight. And I'm just so, so grateful that you talked about that. Cause I know that is going to impact so many people. And you're absolutely a hundred percent right in the fact that like so many people choose to come back to the PJ. I love it. PJ, peace and joy. I love it. Um, but so many people just like, they feel like that sense of calm and peace and joy and all the things. And then they're like, okay, I'm good. Like, it's kind of like God on the shelf, right? Things are good. God goes on the shelf. Things are bad. God goes on the shelf and no, it's like, we need it all the time. And that's truly how you're going to live like this uber fulfilled life. And I also believe that one of the reasons why you are so successful and one of the reasons why you are living not for the weekend, which by the way, it's so hilarious that you said that because I have recently recorded a podcast. It came out earlier on the whole episode was called not living for the weekend. Like the whole entire thing was like, I am like so blown away by people who were like, I am one week of vacation a year and I literally live for Friday and I'm pissed off on Sunday. And I was like, y'all, it does not have to be that way. (laughs) So, right. Yeah, absolutely. I love how you said that. I love how you said that. Okay. So going back, because I just definitely do feel like I want people to understand like one of the reasons why you have this beautiful life and this career and how you're so in like service of others with this business now is because of your faith. And I believe that to be true. So I really wanted to harp harp on that part, but 
I do want to touch on, so where we were in the stories of how Kai's came about is what you were like, okay, I'm going to make these bars. People started to like them. What happened from there? Yeah, great question. So, you know, I, I graduated college. I didn't have a job. I was kind of very, what people would call underemployed. Um, but it was such a gift because I don't think it allowed me to get comfortable in this lifestyle. Right. And I loved that looking back on that for so many other reasons, but anyways, started doing this thing on the side, ended up getting promoted to a better job at a great oil and gas company here in Oklahoma city. And I was kind of faced with this choice. And I think initially I go, Oh, well, and it was a great place. I had great friends there, you know, good benefits, the security or whatever. And then over here, I'm like, oh, but I'll, I'll do this on the side. And once it, you know, gets to a certain level, then I'll switch. And I, I realized very quick, I'm like, this has no chance to make. It's like if you're, this is a terrible analogy. It's just is what's coming to me. Please don't hold me to this. But it'd be <laughs> like if you have two kids and one of them's younger and just been born, but you're like, I'm just going to focus on this kid and every once in a while I'll like um, on nights and weekends, I'll help this kid. I'm like that ki- that kid doesn't get the attention and love it needs to survive much less thrive. So anyways, quit my job. That was a fantastic analogy, by the way, that is so, that is such a great analogy for people who are doing their, because I help so many people with business, like people come to me for their business. And I think it's so interesting that all of the people who come to me for their quote unquote side hustles or like their MLMs or whatever it is, that's such a great analogy of like, no wonder it's not going where you want it to do. You only talk about it on nights and weekends. You only give it like food and water and shelter on nights and weekends. No wonder it's not growing. Such a great analogy. Sorry, I cut you off, but I thought that was really good for people. There's a time and a place and, you know, everybody's path and story is different, but you know, my thing is you had your little alliteration into action and, you know, mine would be faith, focus and feed. Like you have to have a dream. You have to believe where you're going, but focus, you know, what you focus on, that's how you feel. That's what you move towards and then feed, you know, what you feed grows, what you don't starves and dies. And so for me, it was just like that repetition. We get better with reps. And so I just got the point. I'm like, you know, I was 25 and everybody was talking about, oh, it's so risky. You know, this is a great place. It's thriving. And for me, it was like the only risk was not taking one. And I think from there, it was like just such a growing adventure. I mean, the early years were so, so, they're all hard, but it was like, not only have I never started anything, but I didn't even know what I was getting into. It was literally a passion to help people and make a difference, but I didn't even realize it's like this whole consumer packaged goods and food retail world and food manufacturing. And we make our own products, which most people don't. And I didn't even know most people didn't do it because you don't know what you don't know until you get out there. And so, I mean, the first several years were hand making, hand molding in a little warehouse in the farmer's market district, just west of downtown Oklahoma City. And, you know, it was pretty much being there for Till probably seven o'clock at night, then going home and hand labeling labels until like 10 o'clock and, you know, doing the same thing. And then weekends, you try to, you know, do events and get in grocery stores. But, um, you know, we've always had like, I'd say a very faithful and fun bunch of people that have just like shared that passion of helping people and health and fitness and want to do something better. And so, um, yeah, we went on that path for probably several years. And then we reached a really big decision, which was as I found other people and I'm learning more, it's like most people don't make their own product. And we were in this very like, do we have somebody else make it or do we make it? And you got to this point where 
I think this is a great reminder to me thinking backwards of lots of times closed doors are closed doors for a reason. And that's because there's something better down the road. You may not see it right then and there, but we couldn't get really anybody to make our product. We couldn't afford the MOQ or, you know, we found one guy to try to make it and the quality wasn't there. And so, you know, long story short, we made the decision to make our own product and there was different investments and learning. And it probably took us away from doing more marketing and sales, but um, I, I truly believe it allows us to put our heart and soul in every bar and product. And so it, it sounds cliche, but I really do feel like they're made uh, with love. And you'd probably appreciate you know, our production team praise before every batch. And it's super cool. And like, that wasn't even anything that like, Island. I just walked in one day and I saw it and I was like, oh, heart, you know, like, oh, but, that um, is so good. I want people to hear that. Like I literally want every human after listening to this podcast to literally go and buy every Kai's bar <laughs> box on the planet. They're sold everywhere and online. You have zero excuses. Do you go to Canada? Do you go to like overseas? We'll find a way. We will find a way, absolutely, 110%. I will mail them to you if I have to. Um, No, I just love that so much because it's like you were so passionate behind the product and the mission and the story and the people that like you were finding a way. You've always found a way. Are you one of the many people each month that tell me they can't find a tribe of like-minded people who are ready to decide it's their turn? If so, I have the absolute solution for you. It's the Decide It's Your Turn Network, a tribe of like-minded, high-vibe humans who are ready to thrive in life and business. It's a community off social media in its own private app where I come in and teach twice a month live, taking your questions, connecting you with amazing humans from around the globe, all for less than a hundred dollars a month. The Decide It's Your Turn Network. You guys check out the show notes, find the link, christinalacure.com forward slash network. How has the mission behind see that we've only talked about how great the bars are and how healthy they are and why they're, you know, obviously a great food source, but at the same time too, like how has the mission of what you do impacted the world? Because I know, obviously I've read all the stats. I know what you guys are doing. The fact that you pray before every batch, which I didn't know, which is making me again, wanting to like go and buy as many as possible. I'm telling you peanut butter, chocolate chip and the cinnamon, not everyone loves cinnamon, but it's my favorite. Um, But tell me how like the mission of the product, which in the beginning, and correct me if I'm wrong, in the beginning, it was probably about like, okay, I need to give these people a healthy option. How did the mission of like changing people's lives through food and and maximizing the life experience that people have, how did that all come about? Man, that's a great question. Um, and I'd like to add to that to remind me. Yeah. I'll tell you how it started, but then ask me where I'm at now with how I think about that because it's evolved. Um, I remember again being in my young 20s, sitting there just kind of reflecting, you know, note back, you know, pin, all that kind of passion purpose. And I really just reminded going back to the weekend, it's like, why do people live for the weekend? And I go, what I arrived at was people are doing what they enjoy with who they enjoy. And then I was going, okay. And everyone hates the week. I'm going, maybe because they're not doing what they enjoy and they don't like who they're around. So I'm like thinking in my own life, I'm like, man, I'm just about relationships. I'm about people. You know, it's like life's about love and relationships 
you know? And so I look back and I go, I don't care what I'm doing. If I'm with people that I love, like, you know, let's go build a ditch or dig a ditch or, you know, something is whatever. So I got to this point and I'm like, what if we just had this like family unit one and it was just so love focused and I'm a very like holistic kind of thinker of like mind, body, heart, and soul, um, kind of great commandment tied in love with your mind, body, heart, and soul. Um, but I was like, the mission was to change lives for the better through food service and charity, you know, mind, body, hearts, the whole person. We have a thing here. If you look at our barcodes on the back of the label, it'll say ELE and the number And ELE means everybody love everybody, which is something that we say around here too. But to me, I also think of that as like entire life. Excellent. So if people come be a part here, like everybody belongs, whether they believe or not, we just want to love them and we want to have a family um, and really grow from there. So Back to the mission, where it was obviously very food centric. So again, what are our resources? What do we have, and how can we help? You know, I, I always say, you know, we solve hunger essentially, but that can mean different things. It's not always just physical hunger. Like right? the need to be loved and valued and belong is a hunger that we all have, and not just physical. Right? It's a deeper hunger. Um, so really, we started with donating food because that's what we have. And then we were super blessed and fortunate to grow after several years. And we got to this point where um, those friends I was mentioning earlier, I was at a golf tournament that I wasn't supposed to be at. Um, I was asked like, hey, just stop by. And I'm like, oh, you know, you're working. You're not even sure you're going to survive. You know, you've been doing it for a year or two, but you don't know you're going to make it. And so I was like, all work all the time, like no life outside of that. And um Hashtag all in. And I uh, love it so much. I want everyone to hear that too, because so oftentimes people think now we're looking at Jeff and his company, Kai's, and or even myself and my company. But like in the beginning, there is so much sacrifice. And I think that you would probably agree with this that like I do believe God tells you so oftentimes you tell God you want something so bad. And I think God just keeps testing you and testing you and testing you to see if like in those rock and a hard moments, I call them, if you are really going to trust him and are really because you knew this was in your in your soul this is in my soul for what i get to do but i think every i think oftentimes we get these like moments where god's like are you sure you trust me do you think that's true oh 100 you know i've always thought i go you know until you hit rock bottom you don't get to know to meet the rock and i think you've got to get there and that's where the foundation starts and I mean, I feel like I've been beat up times a trillion in this yeah. journey, but I all know, um, maybe not every moment in early, but I've been fortunate to know that everything happens from a betterment and half the time it is, it's a, it's a test, you know, it, it's a test to grow and patient endurance is love. And that comes from sacrifice and time and you have to be unconditional, good or bad. And so I think, uh, you know, the conditions may not always be in our preference, but I think you have to still be thankful and trusting for what you can't see. But again, knowing who you're good and I tie it into your own life, like whether you have a good relationship with your parents or a best friend or a spouse or whoever that is, like someone, you know, know, they love you, everything they say or do, you have to know their heart from that and what's behind that. And if you know, God's heart is for your good, then I mean, there's going to be crap that happens that sucks, evil, evil stuff that happens. But I think ultimately we're not dead, we're not done, and we're moving forward to decide 
to make the best of everything that comes our way. And so, you know, you can't have anything be in vain. And, you know, to me, everything is an opportunity to grow through growing relationship, grow some character. I always think about, you know, the goal is to be a hundred percent perfect love and we're getting refined through all these obstacles and heat and pressure and like a diamond, you know, I don't know much about diamonds, but this is an analogy <laughs> to like 24 carat. I, I feel like that's yeah. never bought anybody a diamond. I don't know, but 24 carat, uh, isn't that gold? I think, I don't know, I think 24 carat gold. but let's do like, out with do like a five carat. If you bought a woman, a 24 carat, I think that's like what JLo probably has. I think most women, well, I don't, I shouldn't even say that, but like, let's just start with like something super normal, like three carats. Three carats is actually pretty big. Either way. I don't even know anything about carrots, but I just think about like, I know that comes from the earth and it's dirty and it's messy and it takes a lot of work to bring up a diamond and to clean it and to purify it. And I feel like every, uh, part of it is like a characteristic of love and where you grow. So it may be like, this pain and pressure is to learn patience. This pain and pressure is to learn trust. This pain and pressure is to learn kindness or generosity or sacrifice or selflessness. You know, the list goes on and on. And I feel like that's part of the journey when you decide to go all in. It's like, you have to know, you have to count the cost also, <laughs> you know, and the cost is your character is going to be challenged, um, but it's going to be grown through that. And so, um, but yeah, anyway, it's coming back. Like the mission has been that. So long story short, I was at this event. I met this lady, um, this girl, and she had um, built orphan homes in third world countries. I'm like, wow, that's super cool. I've always wanted to do something like that, but I'd never done anything like that. And we had about four people on our team at the time. And so I, I got to know her. And then the following summer, um, we ended up shutting the business down for a week which is not the smartest thing in the world when you're trying to keep your business uh, alive. And we had four dudes at the time and uh, Kai's guys is what people were referencing that early on. Um, and we went to Haiti and we knew nothing about anything. And we went in there and I just remember getting on this little, I don't even want to call it a bus, like an unstable transportation vehicle and taking a ride, you know, three hours out into the middle of nowhere. And I remember we walk out and we're on like our mid twenties at this time or young twenties and four guys, single guys. And we step into this orphan home in rural Haiti. And I remember all these kids run up to us. And I remember the feeling very vividly. And it's like, they were just grabbing onto us and wanting us to hold them. And I was like, I was like done right then, just like melted, done. And anyways, that was our first kind of experience. So we served there for like a week and then really just, again, understanding the needs. And so from there, we've flash forward, we've gone to Haiti six years um, in a row prior to last year because of COVID. Yeah. And we've done different things like medical clinics, built homes to take in more orphans. We feed about a thousand kids every day. We've helped build a farm and do different stuff. So that's really our global focus is helping transform uh, this community that we support with the With All My Heart Foundation in Hope House Haiti, in uh, rural Haiti. Um, and it's amazing. COVID's put a pause on our trip, but for future, we open it up for whoever wants to come with us. And usually we give away a trip or two. So we've given away several trips to people that follow and, you know, reach in and whatever. And it's been very life-changing um, for all of us. So that's kind of been our global mission. 
And then as we came back, though, I just you, you get this weird reintegration when you come back to the country because it's like, if I wasn't screwed up in the head already, it's like you go and then you're like, you have this great upbringing, you've been loved so much. And then you like go to this third world country and then you like almost loathe and despise everything that you've grown. You just don't feel like worthy. I don't know. It was just a very weird feeling. And ultimately, once I processed through all of that, I got to the point where I'm like, what can we do here every day? And I'll, I'll fast forward. One of the big decisions that was faced with again was moving. So we were in this really point. We were growing. We needed our own space. We were renting in a small space. We were sprawling out in we were at the Amundsen commercial building, which Carrie and Sheila Amundsen love them forever because they gave us a shot and they put up with us probably way more than anybody ever would. And I love them forever for their love and support for us. I mean, he let us cut out a wall to add <laughs> a machine in because we were just in this weird, like we couldn't make them by hand anymore. We needed a machine. And anyways, but they were great, but we got to this point where we were too big for them. We were spreading apart and I was trying to find these other places we could rent at. And he had owned a space um, up the street and and we're for context, we're in the most highly homeless area of Oklahoma city, just West of downtown. So there's been more development in downtown and midtown. So it's pushed the homeless population more West to where we were at his building. And he owned a lot three blocks north and he was going to move a building and he wanted us to rent from him. I just didn't like it for other logistical reasons, size and just unknowing. So we were looking at renting somewhere else in a nicer part of town. And it was really a crazy story, but he was adamant that, you know, wanted and I was like, I was going to have to tell him no. I had agreed on um, a deal with this building up in a nicer part of Oklahoma City. And at like the last minute this other place backs out and then I have to like give him a decision the next day. And I'm like, Oh my God, what am I going to do? Like, we can't go there. I can't tell him no, we have no option. You know, again, you're just in that like groveling prayer. It's like, I'm the best, you know, help me. What are we going to do? And uh, the next day I remember going in, he wasn't there. So I'm like, okay, cool. It gives me to the weekend. It's a Friday. He shows up late Friday afternoon. Usually he's gone out, you know, playing golf or doing something. He shows up. He's like, Hey Jeff, come here. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm going to have to talk to him right now. And I remember like walking into the frame of his door and I'm like, just be honest, you know, like just be honest. And so I go in and he hands me this, like, just pretend this is like a giant stack of papers. It's like, he just literally hands it to me and he's like, you ready to sign this lease? And I'm like, Oh, Carrie. Hey, listen. Um, I'm like, ah, I just feel like, you know, there's not, you know, what we should do. I was like, is there any way you could like sell like partial of the building? Um, and my thought process behind that was, you know, if we owned it, if we outgrew it, we could, you know, move or have more flexibility or whatever. And he was like, Oh, you know, I'll sell you the whole thing. And the number, the price was so much lower it was the same amount that the rental would have been at the other place. And I was like, that was a sign. So that was confirmation. So anyways, we moved forward with that. Um, We are now across from the largest homeless shelter in Oklahoma city. So they're our neighbors. So naturally what do we want to do? We want to love our neighbors. Right. And so we've really just tried to focus on building relationship and, and seeing how we can get resources to meet a need. COVID put a wrench in that, but currently we do monthly, 
um, what we call Saturday Sandies with our friends, the Comeback Kids Society. Um, and we just had our third one this past Saturday, but essentially we just put food bags together, clothes, et cetera, and just, you know, hang out. And so we have visions to continue to try to build community around that. Um, and then really the last part, and it's actually what I was saying, come back to uh, what's most near and dear to me is really just bringing transformation in our people. So I didn't even realize there were terms like this, but um I guess people tell us we have a lot of uh, what they call second chance people or fair chance. And the stories of our people are probably what I'm most passionate about, to be honest, and sharing their stories because we've had a lot of people that have had a lot of uh, hardship and struggle and, you know, choices that got them into some tough life situations. But I, you know, I said all the time, we have a whole building of overcomers. And so, you know, we've got people that are currently in prison or have been in prison and stuff, but it's like, we don't care, you know, bring them in here and love on them. And it's been super cool to see them grow and, and learn from them um, and all of that. But, you know, we've had, again, they, they tell me these terms and I, I don't know, sometimes I get weird with terms, but I'm like, yeah, workforce development. I'm like, it's just our work family development. You know, we're just trying to grow our family. So Shannon, she's the queen. If you ask her, she'll tell you, but uh, <laughs> Oh my gosh. I'm just so obsessed with all of that. I just like, couldn't get you off. I, I, how many employees do you guys have now? Uh, we have close to 15 people. Amazing. You know, when I'm listening to you talk about all that you've done, like I literally do believe that, you know, one of the things that you say so often in like your website and bio and all the things is, you know, you're maximizing life experience. And when I was listening to you talk, you were maximizing not only your life, not only in your employees' lives, not only the people in Haiti, not only the people that are getting a second chance, and not only the people at the homeless community. I mean, it's just, and it's everyone who, you know, eats your bars. Like, I I truly do believe that. I remember how impacted I was with your story when I first met you in Ohio five years ago. And then when you guys came to my event, like three years ago in Austin or whatever, however many years ago it was like, I am just every time. And I'm so grateful that PJ reached out to do this podcast because like every time I am reconnected with your story and your mission, it makes me want to be a better person. It like makes me, and I know every person listening to this will literally say like, besides just going out and buying a boatload of your bars, how else can people, I know that every individual, and I do believe this is true. Every single person on this planet can impact someone else's life. I I say all the time, you don't have to be Oprah in order to feel like you've left an impact on this planet planet. You can smile at one person. You can give a Kai's bar to one person that truly, you know, changes people's lives. Like you are a life changing company and a life changing bar. But like, I guess my question to you is, is like, how else can people become involved with your mission for changing the lives and allowing people to not live for a weekend and be so, you know, ingrained in them that like, this is such a beautiful life and we have such a gift and your job is to believe, behave and become just a better, you know, version of yourself. Absolutely. Well, God, number one, that was so humbling and inspiring. Thank you for saying that and sharing that. So true. Um, You know, I always say like, 
it's so funny because you get, especially, and you're probably aware of it. You get like the, like, you know, the business or the entrepreneur, you know, it's about money. And I'm like, you know, the real wealth is the sacrifice of self. You know, when you, when you give your life away to someone else, like that's where you gain it back tenfold. And so I think my encouragement for people would just be know how loved they are. And you know, obviously like you're loved and made for greatness, decide that and believe that. And like you say, behave a little more every moment. Uh, again, people think of like, you have to do big things. You know, Mother Teresa says it's about essentially doing little things with great love. And again, it's choice by choice, decision by decision. Just meet who's in front of you and do the right thing, do the loving thing. And I think like for me, yeah, I mean, what you said, like, of course, if people buy a product or tell people that matters, or if there's other things that, um, you know, ways we can help serve and meet needs, let us know. I mean, we're, we're here to help. But I think like what you said was so humbling of going man, like we see you and we want to be a better person. I'm like, well, don't just stop there. Go do it. Like for me, cause yes. I'm like, you know, we've had a very obviously intimate and open talk, but I'm like, at the end of the day, it's like, okay, now we're aware, but like action brings real awesomeness and impact to people. So it's like, again, it's not what you hear. It's what you do. So it's like, go do it. Go love people. Like that would be, that would be the gift to me. I'm like, go love people, like be great, love people, spread joy, go serve use what you have where you are to help who's in front of you and around you and, you know, go from there. And, you know, I, I like how you said too, like our goal was to connect people with the broader thing of going, we want the direct products to impact people and be meaningful and helpful. And at the same time, knowing they're helping someone else at the same time. But one thing that's always bothered me about things is it's always this like, either resource only or it's reactive. Like if you buy something, we'll give I'm like, that's not how it's supposed to be. Like, so we kind of say we're give first. Like you say that cause that's what people understand. But it's like, we're out here trying to help make a difference, you know, where we can with what we have. And I think my encouragement to people would be like, you're no different. Like we're all have unique time, talent and treasures and experience. And there's, you know, the biggest change in ourselves, And then, you know, it spreads from there. And, um, it'll be a lot more fun. So oh, it's so much fun. And you know, it's so interesting. Your shirt, not everyone, obviously this is an audio podcast, but your shirt says a hope dealer. And that is true. <laughs> you are, you are a hope dealer. Oh. And I, I love that. I think that is so beautiful because I, I do believe the one thing that every single person on this planet has to have in order to want one more day at life is hope. With the minute you lose hope, it's almost like you're, done you know yeah. and i think if you're de dealing hope all over the place gotta deal it yeah hell yeah i love real, it real comment i know we're probably out of time but yeah. this yeah. hope dealer shirt just to add to the story yeah um, it's a local organization we support called hope is alive it's a christ-based drug recovery home and we've had several people work there in growth area so we've, we've become intimately involved and um again i'm like you hear the craziest stuff and what I've learned from all of them is if you can, it's that one person in that one moment and, and you can know this, that, you know, a life tainted and very scarred could be ruined forever by drugs and alcohol. It was that one person that never gave up on them, that kept loving them. And over time, I, I went to the luncheon and a guy, he, his son, it was so impactful. He was in prison and he said, Mom, I remember, he said, I borrowed your faith when I was in prison. And it showed the impact of her choices and her decisions and how she lived her life impacted him. And it may not have 
reached him for years and he had, he's turned his life around. And so it's just like, be that hope dealer, be that joy, sh- you know, spreader. And uh, yeah, keep, keep loving, keep living, keep being you who you've been made to be. And I love how you said, like, make people belong, um, you know, believe, behave and become, and you've been made to be more. And I just encourage people to seek for that more and go from, and if we can help in any way, hit us up. Oh, I'm obsessed. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I, I love it. I am a massive fan of the product. They are at every event I do. My husband and I eat them all the time. I'm just become, I have just renewed my sense of exactly why I was obsessed with you guys in the beginning. And I'm so grateful for you being here. Thank you again. Thank you, PJ. Everyone needs a PJ behind the scenes. Jeff, I appreciate you so, so much. You guys, please, 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 please go follow Kai's on social media, get involved, be a hope dealer and eat their bars all that time. Thank you, Jeff. I appreciate it. Yeah, you bet. And last thing, uh, we we created a code for you to gift to your wonderful <laughs> listeners. So it's uh, decide, and it'll be twenty percent off. We'll probably do some cool giveaway stuff too. Um, oh that. my god, you guys! Decide twenty percent off the bars. I will make sure that that is in the show notes and the day that we share this podcast. Because I know some of you have probably already stopped the podcast. I will make sure that that is uh, when we share it. That comes out. Decide, you guys, twenty percent off. Buy the bars online. Support, support, support. Thank you so much, Jeff. I appreciate it. I, know I enjoyed it. Podcast. Made a lasting impact. I'm so grateful. Thank you all so much for joining me on today's episode of the Decide It's Your Turn podcast. If today's episode resonated with you at all, please share it with a friend. Also, head on over to iTunes. Leave us a five-star review and a comment. What is it that you want us to talk about that will help you realize that at any moment and any day, you too can decide it's your turn. I'm Christina LeCure. I'll see you next time.